Well, welcome to uh, uh, Garden Forum Under Darkness. <laughs> You've never said good evening to me. This is the first time. So we probably have a lot of surprised people out there. That may be, and uh, but uh, this is going to be the new time for Garden Forum on the first and second uh, Monday uh, or two, Monday Monday evenings. So uh, it's a, a new trend, and we're 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 the very fir- we're the first ones out there. So, and we also want to invite invite folks. Um, if you, this was a surprise to you, but you maybe know somebody else who is a major fan of uh, Garden Forum, you might want to uh, either, you know, send them a text or give them a call and say, hey, it's on KVMR right now in its new time on the first Monday of the month from, uh, <clears throat> from 6 until 7 p.m. Yep, and we're here, and, and all those gardeners that tell me, oh, I missed your show because I was out gardening. <laughs> no longer do you have that excuse. Because <laughs> <here> we are. <laughs> Either that or else they have a high bill for uh, uh, light bulbs <laughs> or, or <Right>. flashlights. <laughs> yes, well, actually, they're greenhouse. That could be very true here. So we'll see. Anyway, um, welcome, everybody. And this is a show that talks obviously about gardening and you can call in and ask your gardening questions i tell you you know i won't be able to answer all of them but we have really a lot of experts out there that always call in their advice and uh, you know if my voice is familiar and it's the wrong time that's because we've changed the, the time for it but if my voice is not familiar, I've been on KVMR for 25 years with Steve, da 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 da, my host here. Hi, Steve, again. Steve's working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and Kathy, I, I had a, a gardening start to my day in the sense that uh, I got up at about uh, five, uh, about five ten today to get ready to do my morning show uh, from seven to ten a.m. and uh, and and everything went well, you know. I mean, you know, here and there there were little errors, but what the heck. And yeah. uh, uh, but so now I'm now I'm up, and I've been up since uh, five <laughs> five fifteen this morning. Well, thank you, Steve, for hosting. So Absolutely. I wanted to, um, you know, I, I always, on my show, I always talk about some of the cultural events, especially the ones that are related to gardening and historic. I love history. So historic gardening uh, tidbits. And so I'm going to talk about the harvest season because we're really right in the middle of that right now. And also um, a few tidbits that I picked up about Thanksgiving, um, maybe what we think Thanksgiving was and maybe what it really was is different things. But the whole idea of, th- of Thanksgiving that we have in the U.S. and the harvest ceremonies that have been happening everywhere are really of, of life, of harvest, and also of death because we're really going into a dark time. And the dark time is always represented there's less hours of sun, there's less hours of uh, being out and being able to work, and then there's more dark time to contemplate the inner psyche, which can be a downright scary place. So this is something that our ancestors always appreciated, actually celebrated. 
celebrated that dark side and have to give it to them for, you know, being able to do that and realize that, uh, you know, life is just not all wonderful and we have to really you know, dig in and work on ourselves to maybe make our make us and make our community and make our world a better place. So that's a lot of what's happening in the underlying theme of this time of year. So I just got back. Yesterday I was at the uh, De Los Muertes, which is the Day of the Dead celebration in Redwood City. Boy, did they know how to put on a party there. So it was a Mayan theme, and there were thousands of people there, and music everywhere. And what they actually did, if you're familiar with the codex, is the Mayan codex, then this is the story that is recorded, recorded in uh, pictures. So it's a pictorial story. And um, the old Mayan language, which now has actually been translated, so we can read the story of their creation, which involves the creation of the sun and moon. And all over the world, most of the creation stories do have to do with these celestial activities, especially those two. So it was pretty amazing. They had the um, they did the creation story. They acted it out in these amazing outfits. Feathers and colors everywhere, and stomping and bells, and it was uh, really made me realize that it may be the Day of the Dead, but it's so much a celebration of life. So, anyway, I was wondering if any of you went to one of the many ceremonies and celebrations that have been happening throughout this week. I know there was actually one in Grass Valley Parade. And, and, Kathy, we ought, or Kathy, we ought to just tell everybody that if you'd like to participate, if you've got, uh, can answer Kathy's question and you've been at one of these, um, give us a call. Uh, write this number down so you'll have it for the future as well. 530-265-9555. And we can get you on and with Kathy here tonight between now and 7 p.m. this evening when we'll be going to uh, Democracy Now!, Yes, and uh, this is one of those KVMR shows where we get to hear your voice as well. So always really appreciate that. And that would be true if you have some gardening questions or if you have any questions about herbs. I'm pretty good about answering herb questions because that's my specialty. So just let us know and we'll help you out. And then, um, so as far as celebrating the, the Day of the Dead, that that was um, something that there were uh, altars everywhere, altars that represented people's favorite things. Now, these were altars to family members, usually several family members, and, and really an appreciation of, of all that is um, culturally good and families and on and on. So uh, I was thinking about, well, our standard American way of celebrating the harvest season, back to Thanksgiving, is a little bit later in the year than the rest of these things. The Celtic New Year just happened, um, as far as the rest of these things, I'm thinking that the Celtic New Year was um, just a few days ago, and this traditionally is the beginning of their year. So then the 
when the Celtic New Year happens, they actually start the year when it's starting to get dark, which I think is a very interesting thing to think about. Unlike most of the New Year's, it traditionally began in the spring. Oh, and Kathy, guess what? We have our very first caller who dialed 530-265-9555 to uh, get in touch with you, and here she is. Hi, you're live on KVMR. Hi, Kathy. This is Kat. And I have a question, and then I'll just go off the air. Um, So what I've been doing this last week is it's kind of like that Greg Brown song. Um, So you got fried green tomatoes, do-do-do-do-do, curried tomatoes, (laughs) do-do-do-do-do. And so I'm doing green tomatoes. So I want to hear about... I want to hear about green tomatoes. Thank you. Okay. All right. We'll put that out there. So if anybody has any uh, super good recipes for green tomatoes, I've always found them a little bit of a challenge myself. And uh, we're certainly at the point of the year where most of us are going to have half of a bushel, if not more, of them to deal with. So I've still got uh, tomatoes ripening. I have a southern exposure here in the Chicago Park area and, and rock walls, which really hold in that heat. So I usually can take tomatoes off my mind on Thanksgiving. But I'll knock on wood right now to see if that's really going to happen this year. And uh, I haven't had a hard frost yet. But this is a little bit unusual. I seem to be in the um, apricot uh, area of uh, Grass Valley. So anyway, if you have any information to help out, let us know uh, anything about Green Tomatoes. And if you would like to actually sing that ditty on the air, you get to do that, too. Oh, and Kathy, we just want to remind everybody, since uh, we probably have a good number of new listeners tonight, uh, that that uh, the number to call again is 530-265-9555. That's 530-265-9555. And we can put you on the air and uh, make you communicate and become part of the uh, first evening garden forum. <laughs> and and that's, a, that's for garden or herbal questions primarily, or if you want to talk about uh, the seasonal uh, plant ceremonies that happen. We probably can't help you fix your computer or sell anything. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> just to let you know. This is the Garden Forum on a new time. All right. Thanksgiving. Let's talk about that then. So it's a little bit late, actually. It was designated um, around the time of the Civil War. It was thought of something that would help bring families who had been divided, which very much happened then, uh, help help to uh, encourage them to come back together. I guess that's what Thanksgiving is still doing today, trying to get families to come back together. But uh, as far as it being in late November, actually when the pilgrims and the Indians shared a meal, it would have been in October. And um, probably, um, you know, maybe maybe just around the time of the Celtic New Year, Maybe just around um, the time when the um, all the different celebrations are happening and the dia, they go somewhere to 
so at the end of October, but nobody knows exactly for sure, but definitely not at the end of November, which would make more sense. Uh, by the end of November, it's getting pretty cold. And we have a call, Steve? We certainly do, and here it is. Hi, you're live on KVMR. Hey, guys. This is Prickly Pear. Hi. And uh, I just harvested about two pounds of green tomatoes. And what I did is I cut them up, then I put oil and some spices and then uh, roasted them and then blended them to make like a green enchilada sauce. And so that's deep in my freezer now. It tastes so good. You add some onions and garlic, um, some cumin, some chili powder. But I'm looking forward to enchiladas with green tomato sauce. And then how thin did you slice them, and how long did you roast them? Do you know? Well, they were only cherry tomatoes because I live down on Squirrel Creek and get a lot of shade, so I can't grow big tomatoes. Um, So they're just a lot of cherry tomatoes. You just cut them in half and roasted them for about 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I don't ever measure anything. I'm just kind of wild in the kitchen and fling things around, but it tasted really good. Okay, I think that's all we need to know anyway. Good idea. I have a lot of cherry tomatoes that are green, so I'll I'll try that. I used to think that green salsa was made out of green tomatoes when I was a kid, but uh, now I know it's actually usually made out of tomatillas. Right, and it tastes very similar, too. uh Uh-huh. And last year I made uh, cherry tomato pickles, and those were good. Out of green uh, cherry tomatoes again? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, you answered our question. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Good to hear mm-hmm. you guys at dinner time. All right. All right. Thank you very much for listening. You're welcome, Steve. Talk to you later. All right. So that was, a, then, that was a fun call. <laughs> that was great because we had a question and an answer right off the bat. I love that. Exactly. Anyway, more questions. Uh, and then we're going to need more answers when we get more questions. Uh, please give us a call. 530-265-9555. And again, you, you can be part of the first um, nighttime or early evening um, garden forums that ever broadcast here on KVMR. Yeah, we keep saying that because Steve and I have been at it, doing this program, as I mentioned at the beginning, for, I think, 25 years is what we think. And uh, it's just odd. It's different. But we will get used to this. Okay. And hey, you know what? There's somebody calling right now. I think I'll just take the chance and put them on the air. Hi, you are live on KVMR. Uh, yes. So I had a question also about green tomatoes. Um, So for the past two years, we've grown tomatoes in our greenhouse, and the production has been very low. And I was just wondering your thoughts on that, uh, greenhouse tomatoes as opposed to outdoor tomatoes. I personally have had very little experience I, I think that I've grown in my life five tomatoes in a greenhouse, five tomato plants. But uh, I bet somebody out there can help. So when you did you used to grow them outdoors, and now you're growing them in the greenhouse exclusively? 
Yes. Uh-huh. And the, and so right away when you moved them into the greenhouse, they were not producing as much. Right. Last year and this year. So um, we we do have uh, quite a few green tomatoes, but also a lot of flowers still on the tomato plants. Well, that would make sense because they're in the greenhouse. And and they right. should. They should last for a while. Is it a heated greenhouse? N- no. Okay. So I think that's enough information. If somebody out there who has experience with greenhouses could help us out. I know a lot of people do it very successfully. So maybe there's a, a few tricks. So thank you for thank the question. You. And we'll see if anybody can help you out. Yeah, and thanks very much for the call. Thank you so much. And hi, you are live on K. We we have another caller, <laughs> Kathy. Hi, you're live on KVMR. Go ahead, caller. Is that me? That's you. Hi. Hey, I'm I'm calling uh, Myrtle Creek, Oregon, and uh, I'm from uh, Sierra County, California, and. Um, and I'm really proud of the fact that I take all, it's not a recipe for what you do with the green. You can take all of them, put them in a box, cover them with uh, more cardboard or burlap. You can have ripe tomatoes that taste just like they're ripe on the vine in weeks. And I just finished up some that I did of my neighbors, and uh, that's my recipe for drinking. That's great. You know, I I do, um, I always tend to pick my tomatoes just a little bit hard and let them ripen anyway, because I get more produce if I do that, and um, I've done a little bit, but, you know, when you cover them, is that very important, though, that they cannot be in the light? Oh, for me, that's a question? Yes. Now I'm asking yeah, you a question. Uh, yeah. And uh, they're in, um, not only in the, uh, not in the light, but they're in the house, which is a more moderate temperature. Okay. Yeah, Very good. Well, and cooler, you could have uh, uh, perfectly ripe tomatoes in December. Very good. I've only done them where I've put them on the counter and let let them ripen, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you have a much better plan. I'm going to do it your way now. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, and thanks for the call. So far, we have a couple recipes for dealing at least with green cherry tomatoes, and then we also have some ideas about how to ripen your green tomatoes. And if you have any more ideas, please call in. That was our very initial question about what to do with all of them. And it's a perfect question to ask this week because now is when we're going to have to decide. Hey, Kathy, I wanted to thank a couple of folks who are uh, uh, um, helping us out here, uh, our business supporters. And that would include MEC Builds, Nevada County roofing contractor with over 20 years of experience providing complete roofing services, gutter products, sun tunnels, 
Yes, sun tunnels and skylights. The MEC school showroom is at 316 Colfax Avenue, Grass Valley, MECbuilds.com. And Grass Valley Hydro Garden doing business as Ag Natural, offering organic gardening essentials and greenhouse supplies, including organic amendments, lighting systems, and a knowledgeable staff. The new location is 400 Idaho, Maryland Road, Grass Valley. Online, agnatural.com. And Nevada County Fairgrounds in Grass Valley, featuring the 2023 Country Christmas Fair, running Friday, November 24th through Sunday the 26th, offering wagon rides, community bonfire, over 100 artisans, and the annual Gingerbread House Contest. For information... NevadaCountyFair.com. Back to you, Kathy. Hi. Oh, oh, and one thing, Kathy, just, uh, I'm sorry, I should have just mentioned this again, that number again, because I think we have some good, some new listeners tonight, 530-265-9555. That's 530-265-9555. I think we probably have confused listeners tonight. I'm going to keep repeating on this initial program that you are listening to the Garden Forum, and this is Herbal Edition. So glad to have you aboard. We're at a new time, and we're going to be on the first Monday of the month. And uh, on the other first Mondays of the month, our Garden Forum. And uh, I believe there's a, a one of those is a different show, Steve, not Garden Forum. Uh, excuse me, I was talking to somebody on the phone, and I now have them on hold, by the way. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead, and uh, we'll talk to them, and then we'll discuss. Later. Okay. All right, okay. here we go. Hi, you're live on KVMR. Hi, this is uh, Terry and Pike. Hi. And um, Mag- Maggie's Farm. We have Maggie's Farm, oh. organic farm up here. Yeah, I know Maggie's yeah. farm. It's been there a long time. Yeah, anyways, um, so this is response to the lady that called in about the greenhouse tomatoes. And, Perfect. You know, my, experience, my experience is that, you know, greenhouse tomatoes, at, I'm at 3,500 feet, which is probably cooler, I'm guessing, where, than where she is in Grass Valley area of Nevada City. And... It, it my greenhouse even when it's fully vented can get to like 110 degrees 120 degrees in the summertime tomatoes do not like that and they don't produce very well you have to get them out in the sun full sun and you know out in the the summer air pretty much for them to be productive and so um i would I've tried that before, but it's it's not something that works very well. So um, my suggestion is to put them out in the garden in a nice sunny spot. Oh, and they also have to be pollinated. So if they're in a greenhouse, yeah, those pollinators have they to do. Be- and the pollen, you know, after the after the temperature reaches about, I think it's ninety two to ninety five degrees, the pollen. Um, it dies or it just it doesn't work so um you know it's it's really critical to get the pollination for tomatoes and um in the summertime you just don't want to put them in a greenhouse it's just too hot for them usually in there 
Mm-hmm. The summer before last, when we had really intense heat waves that would last for um, two weeks, and it happened more than once, then I was getting very few tomatoes. And I looked that up, and that's why, that just the low 90s, after it reaches that, they, they stop producing. And uh, this year, didn't really have that many hot days that lasted for so long, and I have a, just a bumper crop of tomatoes compared to last year. So I really started noticing, though, that when it got really hot, and then I saw that it wasn't producing any small tomatoes for a while. So um, that's right. It's amazing. Yes, well, Kathy, thanks for, you know, 25 years. You know, you're almost up there with Steve. Or, yeah, you are up there with Steve. Yeah, he's got 25 and a half, right? you got 25. And we've been listening, we've been listening to you for that long. And thank you so much for the, the time you've spent and, and done that. Much appreciated. I'll get off now. All right. All right. Hey, thanks so much for the call. Oh, it was good to hear from Molly's. You know, uh, you know, Kathy. One thing about that was that was one of the things that I really wanted to uh, keep happening here was to have uh, the have something like the Garden Forum um, on on the air, and uh, we and twenty five years later, we still do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, and I think we maybe I think we might have maybe a <laughs> maybe a little larger audience tonight too. Uh, at least we're getting, um, uh, it seems like we're getting a very steady number of phone calls. People calling up with questions or answers or suggestions, 530-265-9555. Again, that number, 530-265-9555. We will be on the first Monday of every month from 6 until 7 p.m. And then there is another version of Garden Forum. I think it has a slightly different name, and I'm spacing on that momentarily here, but it'll be on next Monday from 6 until 7 p.m. There's something good at 6 o'clock on Mondays. Just think about it like that. And right I, on. I'm waiting, for the, I'm waiting for the call when somebody you know, says, and who are you? <laughs> Uh, well, the, they seem to be fast learners. <laughs> so, um, thanks for the sound effects. And uh, where was I talking about Thanksgiving? Yes. So, uh, so it, it seems that nobody knows the exact story about how Thanksgiving took place. There are a few records that talk about it in past tense. Um, it seemed like the Native Americans, uh, it wasn't one of those things where they just called them up and uh, asked the, their good buddies to come over and, uh, you know, bring some salmon while you're at it or something like that, that it was um, partially just a survival need and um, that the Native Americans just happened to be in very close proximity of where the um you know the settlers were so it you know we we don't know exactly but we do know what happened and we actually know more about probably what they ate than of course what they said so i 
uh, looked into that a little bit. And, of course, uh, turkeys and uh, fish and things like that were abundant. The Native Americans were already picking a lot of wild nuts. And we know that the new settlers also picked walnuts and chestnuts and things like that. And uh, that the herbs that they had would have been exactly what we put in stuffing today. So we've got sage for sure. That was one of the primary ones that they would grow, uh, thyme and parsley. So that's a pretty good recipe right there for making uh, some stuffing. The sage is the um, predominant one. And we actually don't use in American cooking a whole lot of sage until Thanksgiving. And then it gets to have its heyday. Fennel. Marjoram, dill, so you could actually make dill pickles, and dill pickles were made in that era. Uh, If you had cucumbers, but the problem is that they mostly had root crops, and it was pretty minimal uh, what they were growing. They they learned to grow corn, thanks again to the Native Americans, who, um, you know, it's an ironic story, but the Native Americans were probably responsible for the white settlers' survival for good or bad, that that's, you know, what happened. And uh, it's because that they knew how to live on land. And then what wild plants would they would have would be wild cranberries. So it seems like the Thanksgiving foods that we have have a lot of similarity to what the original Thanksgiving would have been like. Wild garlic definitely would have been there. Um, wild grapes, they they would have been picked a little bit before this time of year. But remember, I said that Thanksgiving really did happen in October. So it would have been a little bit earlier. And uh, different types of bracken ferns and uh, really quite quite an abundant food supply. Here, too, there's there's an abundant food supply. And the population is so large, I don't think all of us could live on wild food. But there's enough to supply Quite a quite a good tribe here. If uh, if people were utilizing it, so I'm always incur. I'm just going to segue right into that. That I'm always encouraging people to learn more about their wild foods, and that leads me to acorns because acorns would have um, been used by most of the Native Americans across the U.S. wherever oaks grow, and in fact, the whole temperate world. So if you were to look around the world, there's incredible recipes that happen. And the acorns uh, were a pretty substantial part of most people's diet, even in France and Greece, uh, Italy. Uh, And there's still recipes in those countries today that utilize them. So I'm pushing them because uh, most of us live in oak forest or near them. I live inside of a huge oak forest and have abundant amount of acorns. I hear there might be a little bit um, slow this year a little or a little low. And uh, the thing is, is that I always keep them for a year or two before I actually process them. It makes them easy, easy to crack. They taste sweeter, at least to my palate. And uh, that means that I have plenty, plenty for a lean year, which is another another reason to make sure that you have um, a good supply. So um, the acorns have just started to come in, but next show, which will be the first 
Monday of December. I'm going to talk a little bit about acorns and how to process them. So if you want to start gathering them, you don't all have to wait for a year. And then, Steve, are you handy? Yes, I am. (laughs) You're always handy. Why don't you give the number again? Oh, that's a good idea. And the number to call is 530-265-9555. That's 530-265-9555. I left off at Cranberries and uh, wanted to say that uh, cranberries are, are really excellent tonics. So there's a lot of good medicine out there. A tonic is actually something, though, that will improve that organ that it works on. So they're good for the urinary tract, kidneys uh, and bladder, both. Uh, so you can have your at least once a year tonic, Thanksgiving. And uh, I'm not a big fan of sugar. I'm not a big fan of eating any type of sweet in abundance because it affects your immune system. But uh, you can really get by making a cranberry dish. First of all, if you freeze the cranberries, they actually get sweeter. So uh, you, you you may be buying them frozen already, but if not, my favorite thing to do is to buy them fresh and then freeze them and then grind them and mix them with just a little bit of a natural sweetener. But I'm thinking something like apple juice, or there are cranberry dishes that have very thin slices of apple that are put in, but the juice itself actually will help with the sweetening process. I use stevia, a little pinch. Some people don't like it, but there's all sorts of other natural alternatives and also if you want to you can mix them with this is not traditional but hey who cares Uh, mix them with blueberries because blueberries are equally as good it turns out for the urinary tract and then you could have blueberries and cranberries that will help sweeten the dish it'll look beautiful and it'll have tons and tons of antioxidants which by now i think everybody knows are really good for you so, you know, experiment around with uh, cranberry. There are cranberry bogs that are um, in Nevada County, and they're few and far between. But uh, I know that there are a few of you who know those rather private spots and can actually go gather your own cranberries this year. So give it a try. And uh, I always like people to call back in and report their success or, well, the things that didn't go quite so so well. And uh, then I was also talking about acorns, and I did want to mention that I was so enthusiastic about eating acorns last year that uh, two people called in to the December show and said that they had uh, harvested and processed acorns and they had mixed them in with their dressing. One person had a real turkey and one person had a fake turkey, but they both had dressing. And um, yet another person had made uh, acorn bread for Thanksgiving, and I think that that's really a perfect solution. So try to, this Thanksgiving, try to invite some wild foods into your meal. Good idea. And a few folks out there have ideas or questions or whatever. You can give us a call right now, 530-265-9555. Again, that's 
265-9555. I feel compelled to say again for people who have just recently tuned in, what the heck are you listening to? This is the Garden Forum in a new spot. We used to be at noon. And now we're in the evening. So, uh, and yes, we're inviting you to call in and ask questions or make comments about garden, herbs, or seasonal holidays. Let's see. Oh, yeah, food. <laughs> it's always a good Oh, yeah, habit. food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Drew, some artichokes. The first Thanksgiving, that was um, something to dine on. And when I read that, I was reminded that I used to grow, when I lived in Camptonville, I grew so many Jerusalem artichokes. They can get really carried away and take over a few beds if you let them, and I did. had a really huge garden, a vegetable garden then. So I have not grown them for a long time, and I'm going to get back into that. So I made a note. You know, this is a time of year when uh, when the gardens start to decline, that gardeners start thinking about what you could have done better. And the great thing is, is that it happens over and over and over again. So I've been gardening for decades, so I've gotten decades of occasions to be able to say, now what can I do better next year? And it's a, it's a fun challenge to take it on. And every garden, gardeners will always tell you, every garden, always is different every year and uh, in many ways just a little bit better than the one before. So juicing artichokes, they can be they can be uh, roasted and uh, we're talking earlier about roasting green tomatoes but um, sliced thin and roasted is probably one of the best ways to cook them and they have something called inulin in them. There's been a lot of confusion in the past that inulin is something like insulin uh, because maybe the words have a lot of the same letters in the same order, but that's about it. But uh, inulin is um, actually good for diabetics, so that's probably why the confusion happens also because it's a starchy substance that um, takes very long to digest and it doesn't uh, hit your blood sugar quickly. Uh, The thing about really for any of us, and that's why I was talking about uh, not being a fan of of sugar, refined sugar especially, it um, hits your blood sugar so quickly that it just puts you into an up and then down spiral. And that's never good for your body because it throws you out of balance. And then your body takes a lot of energy trying to get back into balance. So we have, um, anyway, we talked about putting sage and thyme and parsley into your dressing, uh, maybe adding acorns, and that um, dill has been around for so long that if you wanted to have a very traditional Thanksgiving, you could put dill in there as well. Uh, cranberries certainly, and then your garlic may not be wild, although it could if you live in the High Sierra because there are um, there's huge stands of wild garlic up there, and you could just take a few and not injure the ecology by doing that. And grapes, and so grapes. Um, uh, I was when I was talking about maybe adding wild food. Grapes would be something else that you could add wild because there are. These very large grapevines, I think that anybody 
among you who has ever taken a walk anywhere has seen them growing up the trees. And the grapes are very edible on them. They're bitter, though, compared to what we're used to cultivating. And uh, again, they need a little sweetener. So any juice, peach juice, um, if you happen to have apple trees or peach trees or apricot trees, uh, you know, whatever you're growing, then you can use either the fruit or the juice to sweeten and mix them together. And uh, that way you'll have a naturally sweetened dessert that's actually good for you. And um, anyway, so I'm thinking about how we could have um, a traditional Thanksgiving and then how we could also have a little bit of wild uh, Thanksgiving, which is something that, uh, of course, the, the first Thanksgiving would have had. So how about wild foods that are out there right now? It's, you know, it's not the prime time of year to be harvesting anything except for acorns. But you will find a few foods. So in the garden, gardeners, you may still have purslane, which is that um, that kind of uh, juicy, succulent plant. You'll know purslane if you're a gardener because it tends to grow in everybody's garden. That is actually excellent pickled. And an easy way to pickle something like that, especially on a small scale, is just save your pickle juice from um, the pickles that you bought or anything that was pickled that you happened to purchase, or if you made your own, same thing. And then just chop the purslane up and put it in there. And it has a lot of essential fatty acids in it, gamma linoleic acid especially. And so it's something that um, is very nutritious for you, good for your nervous system, and can be something that you can utilize uh, the weeds in your garden. You probably still have dandelions. By by now, you may have a new crop of dandelions. I do. And the leaves are edible. You probably want to steam them. But uh, otherwise, they're going to be very, very bitter. If they've already produced the traditional dandelion flower, then they're going to be so bitter, you probably don't even want to mess with them. But there's other things out there that you can try. Okay, so you're, um, again... If you just tuned in, you're listening to the Garden Forum at a new time, a new evening time, and uh, we're also taking calls. We are so taking calls, to... and uh, that number to call, by the way, and you, you can, you, 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 maybe you've got a question, maybe you've got an answer or a suggestion or just a memory of uh, a, a more wild Thanksgiving <laughs> or whatever. Um, now would be a great time to join the conversation. 530 530- Two six five nine five five five. Again, that's two six five nine five 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 in the five three zero area code. Yes, and uh, you would want to call pretty soon because we're getting towards the end of the hour. If you have any questions or commentaries, I'd love to hear them. So I've been here um, promoting a wild Thanksgiving, and also talking about uh, seasonal things that happen this time of year. Um, The reason that I started talking about Thanksgiving so much is because it is something that most of us celebrate, and it seems like we could turn it back into one of the harvest festivals uh, and ceremonies. I think that um, some people often question it these days, 
you know, culturally appropriate? What are we really celebrating when, what are we really thankful for? And so the real theme of it is that we are thankful for our gardens and we are thankful for our gardeners. So garden forum people, you know, we really appreciate you. So anybody that knows how to grow anything is helping medicinal herbs for our pharmacy as I grow, or if you're growing vegetables or fruit um, or even or flowers. And I'm not going to say even flowers because flowers bring joy to the heart. So there's a lot of, um, of wonderful things. Let's see. What did I forget? Grains. We probably should throw those in. Or if you're you're growing food for your animals, too, because then that will come full cycle. And uh, so I always think on Thanksgiving that this is a time to be very thankful for exactly the things that um, that the Celts and the Hispanics and the uh, Ukrainians who the Ukrainians have uh, wonderful. Uh, I think I should call them the Ukrainians. Uh, incredible um, history. I was just reading about today of. Um, also thinking about the ancestors this time of year and uh, and celebrating the feast with with the ancestors you can find it here and there in so many different cultures so anyway these are things that everybody individually can find out i think we all have um, something a little different every year that we need to celebrate but uh, thankfulness is always a good thing to to have in our hearts and then also on our tables. And there's a lot of a lot of holidays. I usually rattle off all the holidays that are happening in the northern hemisphere this time of year. But basically that is really the theme of every one of them. And because of that, it always involves a lot of eating and eating the the foods of the season. So the foods of the season, I'm going to go back into my health wrap now, will often involve uh, pumpkins and squashes and yams and things like that. All those bright yellow, dark orange foods that we eat, and then all the dark blue things like uh, blueberries and bilberries, those are um, our antioxidant foods that will help us stay healthy and really do a good job to get us through the winter. As an herbalist, I'm concerned right now that we all strengthen our systems and we um, have winter facing us, not like our ancestors who would be facing very harsh situations to get through. We have, most of us have warm dwellings and we have easy, accessible food. We don't always have to store everything. And it's also something that we can, um, you know, we can really, though, still appreciate our ancestors and what they went through as well. So, Steve, are you there? I certainly am, and it looks to me like we're getting some rain. <laughs> but that's just for looking at a TV camera, so <laughs> as opposed to being outside. <laughs> You've always been a good weatherman. <laughs> I don't think it was supposed to rain tonight, was it? <laughs> well, there's there's but, something going on out there. If it's not if it's not that, it's at least windy. <laughs> 
You know, well, isn't it true that the best the best weather predictor is somebody who's actually looking at the weather? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we can't we can't get it better than that. And we've got, still got time for probably a, a couple of calls out there if uh, folks want to join us and tell us what uh, you're up to for Thanksgiving and uh, doing any trying anything new. That might be a, a good good uh, uh, suggestion for someone to let us know. 530-265-9555. That's 530-265-9555. Yes, I, I also was interested on, on um, what are your feelings about Thanksgiving and and how we can uh, remix it and refocus it, perhaps. And also, if you participated in any um, holiday harvest uh, celebrations, as I did yesterday. So I was, I was just wondering what you might have done or if you have a family tradition. Lots of different things to think about. Um, and like Steve said, you probably have to call pretty fast. So uh, we'd appreciate hearing from you anyway. Well, Richie called pretty fast. Here he is. Hi, Richie. You're live on the air. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Hi. I thought it was the news hour. You've got good news out there. This is this is a new thing. I was expecting the news. But I wanted to make a comment about the acorns. Um, yes. There hasn't been in, at 2,400 feet in Chicago Park. We haven't had a crop of acorns for two years. This is the second year. And uh, Native Americans must have had to store at least seven years ahead of time. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to report that, that I still have some older acorns, 2020, 2021, which were banner years. I have little, I have boxes of those. And uh, just somebody called me today about wanting some acorns because there aren't any at her elevation. That was uh, Alicia Funk who wrote the book, um, Living Wild, which is all about the wild foods of our area. So um, it's a great show. It, it's 6 o'clock, and we're going to be on next week, and we're going to have a mushroom show. So uh, I think it will go into the wild foods of mushrooms next week. So it's both cultivating them and the wild mushroom that the foray is coming up, too. So um, that's my well, that's announcement. Thank you. That's and, a good thing to add to your Thanksgiving dinner, the mushrooms. Yeah. That oh be, yeah, that's uh, that'll that'll be on the, my menu. <laughs> so, uh, all right, thanks. Hey thanks, Richie, what, what, Richie, what, what is the on Monday nights at the news hour? Yeah, Richie, what is the official name of your of your show? Is it is it well, Garden Forum or is it close to it? We yeah. played around with this one. We um, it it's going to be outside the fence. That <laughs> Garden Forum outside the fence because we don't want to just stay in just the cultivars of. Uh, you know, that I've done for the last 40 years, but I'm learning much more about the wild ancestors that were here. The Native Americans for 10,000 years um, were the agriculturalists here. So I'm going to bring, Khalid and I are going to bring that into our um, show So throughout this year. So uh, that's, we don't have the name, though, Steve. It'll, okay. it'll come to us. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. Seven days from right now, you, you'll be on the air with Kalita. That's right. That, yeah. Coming up um, at 6 o'clock, uh, 6 o'clock next Monday evening. Yeah, so. Daniel Nicholson and um, Dylan Lynch from the Mushroom Barn and, um, and about the mushroom foray up on the ridge. Uh, it'll be awesome, the whole role of fungi in our ecosystems. I'm excited. All Very right. good. 
Thank you. And thanks very much for the call, Richie. Yeah. So we're, um, again, the Garden Forum, new time. Excuse me for saying that so many times. I just can imagine people constantly tuning in and trying to figure it all out. So trying to help you out here. And we're welcoming maybe a lot of new listeners, which is a fun thing. And trying to find those old listeners, wherever they may be. I wonder if anyone's going like, it doesn't seem like Thursday at noon. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm the only one doing that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you had to stay up late tonight, huh? (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah, gardener's hours. (laughs) Anyway, this has been a, uh, great to have the, the n- good number of phone calls from, uh, from people who uh, uh, dared to be on the very first Garden Forum in the Dark. <laughs> well, so before we're done, um, let me tell you a little bit, um, just a little bit about apples, because it's apple time of year, apple harvest, and uh, they're... There was a time when when people felt that um, there was so much significance in everything that they saw that a walnut thing would be good for the grain because it looked like it. And uh, when you cut an apple in half, it has a five-pointed star. um, And five-pointed stars have always represented uh, seeing into the future and um, looking like making a wish upon a star. So I really... I really like that about uh, apples, and um, five is always thought as a number that just keeps on moving because it doesn't have any stability, but it has momentum to go somewhere. So I thought that that would be a good thing uh, to think about the show, and I keep thinking about new directions that we can take with Garden Forum, which is a perfect opportunity because here we are you know, in the evening on, on the hour. So I think we can, we can accomplish yeah, I'd say so. Um, and uh, oh, and uh, oh, we do have one person, one uh, uh, business to thank, and that is support for KVMR's Future of Radio project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. Just to let you know that, and so we thank them very much here. Uh, 6.59 in the evening at 7 o'clock. Democracy Now! will be coming our way, Kathy. But uh, uh, you may want to tell us how uh, folks can get in touch with you. Yeah, you can find me and all the things I do, which is mostly herb classes and walks and things like that, at ahaherb.com, A-H-A-H-E-R-B. And uh, you can also email me via that, and you can find me on social media under my name, Kathy Keville. And if you're interested in cultural things that are happening, uh, especially plant symbolism in celebrations around the world, there's a lot of that on the social media. So uh, go ahead and check that out. 